Right now, though, let's get back into Politics Central and discuss what's going on with Ukraine and Russia and trying to make sense from the other side of the world of this. Uh, the basic understanding that I have is that there's been a major buildup of troops to the tune of about 100,000 Russian troops along the Ukraine border. We know that this story probably goes back generations. Um, in more modern times, though, you have the annexing of the Crimea Peninsula in 2014 and a sense from uh, a lot of Russian people and indeed perhaps from Putin that Ukraine is rightfully part of Russia. Is there going to be war? Russia tends to be saying that they don't want Ukraine to join NATO and that that's what this is all about. Someone who knows a whole lot more than we do is Dr. Alexei Muraviev. Uh, Apologies for mispronouncing the name. Alexei Muraviev. Uh, he is the Associate Professor of National Security and Strategic Studies at Curtin University in Perth, Western Australia. He joins us now. Hello and thank you so much for being on the program. Great to be with you. Yeah, thank you so much. So just in a nutshell, what does Russia want? Look, I think you, you provided an elegant summary. I mean, to just paraphrase it, Russia wants a safety buffer between it and uh, Western Europe or uh, parts of Europe that are controlled by North Atlantic Treaty Organization. And after, um, after disillusionment, after the end of the Cold War, after the disillusionment of, so of, of the Soviet bloc called the Warsaw Pact, uh, Russia effectively lost that sphere of influence. And the only thing that kind of separates physically Russia from uh, from the rest of Europe is Belarus and, and Ukraine. And as you're probably aware, uh, the Russians threw their support behind the regime of Alexander Lukashenko in Belarus last year to ensure that he remains in power. And by that, that safety uh, net remains. But following the regime change in, in Kiev back in 2014, which then triggered Russia's annexation of Crimea, then it also saw the eruption of violence in, in eastern Ukraine, also driven by uh, ethno-linguistic divisions, uh, supposed discrimination of et ethnic Russians in Ukraine, etc. The Russians began looking at Ukraine as as, as a potential um, danger zone where before they looked at it as a, as a neutral neighbor, um, ideally to be a friendly neighbor, but the Russians, I think, gave up on this idea. Now they're facing the prospect of Ukraine not just becoming hostile, but also aligning with the West, meaning that that buffer zone that Ukraine forms part of will be gone. So the Russians are not prepared to compromise on it. Okay. Alexei, how much would you expect NATO and the US to get involved if, God forbid, there was an invasion? They won't be involved, full stop. Uh, a lot of rhetoric is 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 driven by politics, uh, but they're not going to be committed militarily to 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 come to Ukraine's rescue. Even even if it's going to be a dispatch of military units to Ukraine, it would be in support of some sort of evacuation of uh, of assets and 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 personnel. They would probably pull out the West instructors because there are several thousand Western instructors currently stationed in Ukraine. But in no way they're going to rescue lives of their personnel in a in a direct confrontation with Russia because what it means is they will put themselves then on direct collision course with the nuclear superpower and it's not a good thing when you having a nuclear superpower confronting you because then it increases the risk of a conventional conflict becoming nuclear. What do most Ukrainian people want and, and how do most Ukrainian people, if, if you can speak for them, uh, feel about Russia? Look, I mean, it's it's a very important question, and I don't think there is a one straightforward answer. Because, uh, I mean, I do follow a lot of what's happening in Ukraine, and 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 the rhetoric that is coming 
from Ukraine uh, designed uh, for, for Western consumption is slightly different to the rhetoric that is sort of floating inside Ukraine. There is no, uh, there is no di- uh, uh, doubt that the Ukrainians felt betrayed and, and, and left down by the Russians uh, following the annexation of Crimea. But Ukraine in itself is not a united nation. There is this push to make it a united nation, but there are still divisions because Ukraine was formed on, on the grounds of uh, merging territories. Some were annexed by the Soviet Union prior to the Second World War. Others uh, uh, were historically part of what we currently know as Ukraine, etc. There is uneven ethnic composition um, in, in, in Ukraine. Ukraine is not monolith, one nation kind of country. You know, it comprises different nationalities, different uh, uh, with different traditions. Uh, Ukraine also the country that has... Um, problems not just with Russia, it has problems with other neighbors such as Romania, such as Hungary, such as Poland, and more recently with, with Belarus. Right. So there would be a pro-Russian sentiment, there is, there is no doubt about that, but by and large I think the Ukrainians, from, from, from the point of their relationship with Moscow, they just want to say, leave us alone, we want to have closer relations with the West, but that relation is driven more like the economic imperative rather than anything more serious or what we would describe as civilizational. So the Ukrainians obviously want better lifestyle because the country is is, is pretty poor at the moment. Okay. So they're looking at job opportunities, etc., rather than something a bit more substantial. All right, Alexei, in a nutshell, once again, can Putin be stopped? No. Uh, in, in, in a nutshell answer, no, because he has the advantage, he, he, he has designed uh, uh, the plan, and, and, and in fact the West is on the receiving end. So uh, it's, 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 it's not something that, um, you know, and, and I think the, even the rhetoric coming from Washington, if Putin will have a minor invasion that will have minor response, major invasion, major response, meaning that they kind of realize that they cannot really stop from doing things. They can only resort to just, you know, brave rhetoric to ensure that they don't really fall into the narrative that they just effectively accepted his terms and conditions. Thank you so much for your expertise on this, Dr. Alexei Muraviev. Appreciate your time. And Alexei is the Associate Professor of National Security and Strategic Studies at Curtin University in Perth.